you see. And uh, uh, I was waiting for something because a lot of people are just sitting around and some of you all got kids and daughters and that would have been very good for daughters and young men because in that thing it took back and you'll find out in life that when your children begin to start talking, they'll say things that you wished you had have learned before they got to the age they are. So we're trying to do everything we can to help get the information out there for you. She does an excellent job. Yes, uh, we want to, I want to do something that's very concerning to me if for some of the people who weren't here last week is if you are not, see a lot of people, I talk about the Holy Spirit quite a bit, right? <clears throat> and so a lot of people think that they have the Holy Spirit, but it's not so unless you say first. And the Isaacs are up here every week. And they do healing, and most people get talked about their healing or their illnesses in their body. But they're also up there that they can uh, help you to give your life to Christ. They don't know what to say and how to do it. Right. You'd never, that, uh, as, a, as y'all's pastor, the main thing for me is not how much you know about theology or that, but you must be saved. There's a scripture that says, Paul, I think it was Paul that asked him, have you received the Holy Ghost? And then he said the big question, since ye been saved. So one of the things, never be, if you're not sure of it, don't forget who's in line looking at you or whatever. They, if they're looking at you, that means they got a problem. You see, you, see, you, you go on your own. If you don't feel that, if you got any doubt, you come up there and, and, and let them know that and they can pray and you can inherit eternal, uh, eternal security, excuse me. And that's what the whole thing's about. What I'm trying to teach you is how to live the life. You cannot live the life as a Christian man or woman unless you first of all being born again and then receive the Holy Spirit. There are people in church who've been in church all their life and they got it wrong. And it just drives me kind of crazy. They're always talking about the Lord this, the Lord that. Who is that? There's no place, the Lord, no. Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we need to be very careful. And you know, you all have been around me for years. People use that word, the Spirit told me, very, very, you got to be careful of that. You see? And some of them ain't lying. They just don't know what spirit they're talking about. You see, a spirit told them, but not the Spirit told them. And so you need to discern and be careful with that, and, and, and some of you will understand what I'm talking about, came from the old church where you weren't taught better. And so we took that into our lives. And, and, and have you ever seen some of, some of the folks that lived the same and died the same and always talk about God's blessings? Not so. Satan comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Mm -hmm. Jesus said that, but he said, but I come to give you life and life more abundant. Yeah. I come to give you life and life more abundant. That's what the scripture says. That's not what I'm saying. And so what we're going to have to understand that Satan comes to kill and steal, and he wants you not to acknowledge the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I want you to get this lesson. I do it all the time. I want you to get this lesson how important it is. 
Now, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, you need to listen to me. When you talk about the Spirit, you better be sure. You see, I, I hear people all the time talk about the Lord gave, put this through. He's going to make a way. No, you put yourself in that way. My mother used to say, bless her heart, you say the Lord won't put anything on you that you can't handle. And I said, that's right, but we will. We'll put stuff on us that we can't handle. And then we want to blame it on the Lord. He had nothing to do with it. That stuff we put ourselves in, in situations, circumstances we put ourselves in, then we blame it on God. So Jesus gave us a very important thing, because I want every one of my, you all to send to my teaching, and I'm responsible as your shepherd to make sure you get this right. Jesus says, you know, have you ever heard people say, uh, you know, I just talked to Jesus. Jesus ain't hearing you. If you read the Bible, where's Jesus at? He's at the right hand of the Father and is coming again to judge the living and the dead. And when we say that, we, we need to make sure we're getting it right. Yeah. You see, I never say help me, Jesus, because Jesus ain't going to help me. Because if I say, help me, Jesus, I'm out of divine order. Yeah, some of y'all getting this for the first time, I understand it. If you say, help me, Jesus, you're out of divine order. Why would you, if you had some money in the bank, check account, and savings account, and you just went to the place and asked them to help me, they ain't helping you unless you do what? Show that card. So I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Jesus is not here, people. Get it right. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Father, Old Testament. All right? Son, Gospels. Holy Ghost now. <laughs> and Jesus says in John 16, excuse me, John 14, 16 through 26. I'm not reading the whole thing, I don't think. And I will pray to the Father. This is Jesus talking. It's in the red. And he shall give you another comforter. Another version says, helper, mm -hmm. that he may abide with you forever. But the Holy Ghost, he's talking about the Holy Ghost, is, you see, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said unto you. So if the, Jesus is saying that he's praying to the Father, and the Father's going to send us what? The Holy Ghost. This ain't me talking. This is what Jesus said here. He's saying, and the Father's going to send you the Holy Ghost, right? Mm -hmm. And the Holy Ghost is a comforter, and, and another version says a helper, and the Holy Ghost is going to come in the name of Jesus. And he will bring back to remembrance what Jesus says, what I have said to you. So if the Holy Ghost is going to bring back to remember what Jesus, remembrance to Jesus has said to you, that means that Jesus ain't here. The Holy Ghost is here, and the Holy Ghost will bring those things back to you. Listen to me. There is power that we're not using as Christians because we're going at it wrong. Read the instructions. And this is the instruction. This is John 14, 16 and 27. You can need the whole thing. And I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. You know why he's saying he'll give you another comforter? He's leaving. Yes, sir. Right? right? That he may... Abide with you for what? Ever. And then we went down to 26. You read the rest of it. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring back, remembers, things 
what Jesus Christ has taught us. All right. We live in the time of the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes. That's why Paul asked them, you see, have you received the Holy Ghost since you've been saved? And they said the Holy Ghost, if you find it and you read it yourself, the Holy Ghost, we haven't heard of such a thing. That's scripture. They hadn't heard of the Holy Spirit. You all have heard of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, why are you praying for something you already have? You understand. I have a great memory. Say why. And the Holy Ghost will bring all things to your remembrance. According to the scripture. You're learning? If you ain't, it's your fault. All right. So the, the Holy Spirit is very powerful, but don't be careful. Don't get loose mouth with the Holy Spirit. Listen to me very carefully here. Matthews 12 and 31. Who shall ever say unto, is that the one I want to read? Yes. Well, go ahead with it. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. Now, wait a minute here. All sins will be forgiven. And we do that, that big time. And I understand all sins will be forgiven. But then there's a but. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven. But blaspheming against the Holy Ghost will not be forgiving. That's why a lot of people are not being blessed. You're blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. And according to Jesus, it's in the red, that that's one sin that's not forgiven. You can't be loose mouth. And the, and the, and the Spirit of God told me, you better be careful, because if you're lying, you're blaspheming. And that is an unforgivable sin. So I don't blame Jesus. If I would give somebody a gift, I'd be upset. If I gave somebody a, a, a $1,000 bill, and then you tore it up, I'd be upset. I'd never forgive you. And you'd never get another $1,000 bill. You see? So he's saying the importance of the Holy Spirit. Now, and I know some of the people that the church I came out of, uh, they, they, they listened on live stream. There were too many people in that church that were talking about it and the Spirit said. I learned that real quick because, see, I do enough things to be forgiven to do something that's not forgiven. So we have to be very careful when we use that. And some people, you may be in here, are not getting blessed because you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Now, you're going to be okay because now you, you got the information. You can go to God and repent and ask him forgiving, to forgive you because, you know, he's a pretty good God. He, he, he'll figure it all out. All right? And, and, and so when we blaspheme the Holy Spirit, something happens to us. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19. This is what you're never to do. Never do this, okay? The Passion says, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And he ain't talking about jumping and shouting. Don't put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. All right, next version. Amplified says, do not quench, subdue, 
or the, be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so it says, do, do not what? Quench. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And quench means don't put it out. Mm -hmm. Don't extinguish it. Don't extinguish it. Or terminate or bring it to an end. Don't, be careful. So be careful what you do with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Because the Holy Spirit has a personality. You know, God has a personality. You know, he gets jealous. You know that, don't right? Didn't he say in the scripture, have no other gods before me because I'm a... So you got feelings. And so the Bible is telling us, don't quit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. You're going to learn something here. Your life will get better. That's why people are not... That's why prayers are not getting answered. We're quenching the Holy Spirit. Have you ever seen some people that keep praying for the same thing? You're praying for something God's already given you. And so your lifestyle is what's quenching the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. If you started living right, you wouldn't quench him. Because you can quench him, according to the scripture. So our job over here is we're not going to quench the Holy Spirit because we want the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. So let's read that again. Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive. And do be unresponsive. You see? It's amazing to me that no one's ever came to me and said, you know what the Holy Spirit told me to do? Shut up. <laughs> you would, yeah. And only the people that are like me can speak this. And there's sometimes the Holy Spirit needs to tell us, shut up. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's, it's always, you know, this, that. No. The Holy Spirit ain't told you, you don't need to go there. Right. Yeah. Yes. But you went there. Everything fell apart, and you're saying God tried to teach you a lesson. No, you were being disobedient, and you got a lesson. Amen. Because if you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he's never going to tell you anything that's wrong. We have people, and you know, I don't mind folks talking. There are folks that, remember, churches are closing all over the place. Now, we're short today because members are at different places, and I know that. So I'm not saying that here because we got a bunch of folks going. But we have folks, y'all looking at me, don't be getting mad or God will get you. We're on live stream, you see, that think that they, the Holy Spirit ain't telling you to stay home. You see? No, he ain't. You see? You understand what I'm saying? You better make sure that you're not in your feelings and make sure it's the Holy Spirit. Because if you say that, and it's easy to say, Pastor, how will I know it's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's not going to tell me anything that doesn't line up with this. If it doesn't line up with this, it's, it's, it's just what Grandma said. And Grandpa said. Because anything the Holy Spirit's going to deal with you, you can find it in here. So we've got to be responsive. If we're responsive to the Holy Spirit, we're going to be responsive to his word. You see? And guess what it takes out? I used to do this when I was a baby Christian. Well, the Lord knows how I am. Yeah, he knows how you are. And so does Satan. You, you with me? But then there's a scripture he may not really, have you ever knew, who knew somebody, you say, I know so-and-so, but you really didn't know them? Didn't there a scripture where they, Jesus used a parable and said, they're going to come to me and say, Lord, Lord, and I'm going to say, I know you're not. Okay. You growing? Because we want to be a powerful family over here. 
And the only way we can be a powerful family over here is that we have the power that God has given us. Jesus said that he prayed to the Father to give us something, and some people ain't unwrapped a gift. Okay. So now we're coming from a commentary. Yes. Believers cause the Holy Spirit grief or pain. And when th this commentary, when I had it to write the commentary down, mm -hmm. I want you to get this. Mm -hmm. Believers cause the Holy Spirit grief or pain mm -hmm. when they ignore his presence. Mm -hmm. When you ignore the presence of the Holy Spirit, he grieves and you cause him pain. Didn't the scripture say, don't grieve the Holy Spirit? You cause, he grieves, he's, and it causes him pains. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, and I don't want to cause him pain. Because, man, can you imagine? You have the audacity to grieve the Holy Spirit and cause the Holy Spirit pain, the very spirit that wants to come into you and change your life. You see? You see? Okay. All right. And grieving the Spirit leads to resisting the Holy Spirit. And then we start grieving the Holy Spirit. Now we resist him. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? You're on your own. Yes. You're on your own. Yes. Which one of you in here think that you know enough and have enough power to live life on your own? Mm -hmm. Don't say yeah. Don't even think you can do it. You won't make it out the door. I don't want to be, you see, and, and see, now listen to me very carefully. I tell y'all some songs have terrible theology, terrible theology. Folks be shouting, I'm like, don't do that. I remember, uh, remember the song, Lord, don't move my mountains, but give me the strength to climb. Y'all heard them in the church. Come on, you old folks, y'all know that. Amen. Is there any place in here where it says, Lord, don't move my mountain, give me the strength to climb? Oh, Jesus says, if you have huh, the faith of a mustard seed, you can tell the mountain to move, and it's gone. Yes, yes. Yes. You see? Too many, you know, too many, you love me? Yes. Too many of you's problems is you're mountain climbers. <laughs> see? And that's why you ain't got to where God would have you to be. you out there climbing a mountain. The ones that are ahead of you, they asking God to move the mountain. That's scripture. That's scripture. You got a mountain of problems and you're still dealing with them all your life. Climbing that mountain of problems. You're not supposed to be climbing that mountain of problems. You're supposed to say to that mountain of problems, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be gone. And it's gone, according to the scriptures. All right? So we ain't want no mountain climbers in here. Somebody needs to say, I've been climbing a mountain too long. I hear you, Pastor. But I ain't going to be no mountain climber, no, no, All right, all right. You get this lesson today, it'll change your life. You see, too many Christians are a poor example of a representative or an ambassador for Christ. They're looking at you, and they're saying you ain't doing no better than them. And they wonder why would I go through all that? You see? Mm -hmm. Which one am I at? We're still in the commentary. Okay. 
So resisting the Holy Spirit in turn leads to putting out the spirit fire. See, so when you resist the Holy Spirit, you put out the fire. It's like a relationship. You know, you start out, uh, everybody starts, especially when they start dating. You see, and everything is good, and they court, and everything's good, and they get married. Everybody gets quiet when you talk about that. <laughs> you see, and the, and the fire is gone. They put out the fire because they what? They forgot what they said up here. You know, if, if there's an old blues that says, when the thrill is gone, you see, if I would sing it now, I'd say, when the fire is gone. Don't quench the spirit and put the fire out that the Holy Spirit wants to put in you. That's on you. That ain't on God. All right. Then it says, finally, it will lead to insulting the spirit of grace. You will insult the spirit of grace. Too many Christians are in, you insult the spirit of grace. All right? This last activity. And well, let me say something here. You remember there was a man in the Bible who had some issues going on in his life, and he really was convicted by whatever the thorn was in his life, and he went to God three times, and God said, okay, I understand you got that thorn. It's put there for a reason, but my grace is sufficient. He was in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit revealed to him, you okay. My grace is sufficient. You see, I ask sometimes, for me, this is Johnny Fields talking, sometimes when I pray, I ask God to shower me with his grace. Literally, yes, I asked him to shower me with his grace. See, it ain't nothing that can make you feel better than to be shot. You ever been dirty? Yes, you all have, I'll say it for you. <laughs> and you couldn't wait to go home and take a shower? And you took that shower and you felt so clean? Sometimes you need to ask God to shower you with his grace and cleanse up the sins that's been in your life and the sinful life. He'll do that for you. That's the book. All right? All right. This last activity may be identified with blaspheming against the spirit, Let's which see. there's no forgiveness. We're not going to do that here, right? Right. We're not going to blaspheme the Holy Spirit because there's no forgiveness. Somebody, maybe somebody can agree with me. I do enough on my own without offending the Holy Ghost. I need to be doing some subtracting, not adding. All right? Okay. You're learning? Yes. Yeah, people, I like the slow messages. I'd rather teach than do all that other. Because I got this and it killed me. I couldn't wait to beat somebody else up. All right, here we go. Where am I now at? we're at Romans 8, okay. verse 9 through 11 from the message. Now here we go. I want you to get me today because I don't want anybody in here failing at anything in their life. We want a life. When I pray sometimes, I ask for God to give us a life-changing message. We don't need to be sitting in church year after year, hearing the same message, feeling good about ourselves and having a good time at church. Oh, we had a good time at church and then leaving, living hell for the next six days. Now, 
This ain't about feeling good. It's about getting, the Bible says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. Another scripture says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. We're not those people. We want knowledge. And the knowledge that we get, we pray that the Holy Spirit will put that knowledge in the places in our life that will help us to have a longer and better Christian walk. That's what it's all about. Say amen to that. Amen. All right, here we go. Romans 8 and 9. Is that one of Yes. Okay. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life. Now, is who's living in your life? Who's got, well, you be careful here. Uh, who's got residence in your life? You need to ask yourself for real. I'm talking about in your spirit. Who is really in your spirit? It's, 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 but if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can what? Hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. You, you're thinking more of him than you're thinking of yourself. You see, that's a real relationship. Yes. And keep going. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. Some folks have run off at the mouth. Mm -hmm. But then some people, like this message, they ain't getting what I'm talking about. Because what? They in self. Right. You ever sit in church, and we all have, and say, well, I didn't get nothing out of that church today. Well, you didn't bring nothing with you. You see? Say, well, Pastor, make it clear. Make it clear. You can get something out of a message from a fool. He can tell you how he got there. So that means you didn't come with nothing. It's impossible. For eight years when I worked at Hallmark Cards, I would go to Mass before I went in. Eight years for Mass, okay? And uh, the preacher, they'd only do like a 10-minute, I don't know what they call it in the Catholic Church, but they would do it. But I went in there to sit, and I just meditate, pray, and listen to the priest. Didn't know I wasn't supposed to be taking communion because <laughs> I wasn't Catholic. But for eight years, I'd done that. That's, that's a fact. I was preparing myself spiritually to deal with all those demons that I was going to have to deal with on the job. I didn't have any problem because the Holy Spirit had given me the wisdom <laughs> the knowledge, the foresight, and the discerning to know who the demons were. Okay. The Amplified puts it this way. However, you are not living in the flesh controlled by the sinful nature. Now, we are not living anymore. In the, if you're born again and you're saved and you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you're no longer again living by the flesh. That's right. You see, I was talking to a young man uh, who's going to be a tremendous in ministry. Because most people think minister, especially black folks, they think ministers up here, pastors up here. Ministry's out when you're out there. And I was telling him, he would say, don't smile because they'll know who you are. So he was, and I ain't going to look at you. He would say that uh, I'm long-winded. And you've heard preachers say that, right? So when you say you're long-winded, then that means that you're not in the spirit because the Holy Spirit ain't long-winded. When you say I, when you put I, I'm going to tell all of you something. You know what the only thing I is good for? Between S and N. Yeah. Have you ever been to church and sat there an hour and a half? That, I wish that brother would sit down. You see? And, and, and the preacher, come on, all y'all been there. The preacher, y'all know, hallelujah, amen, that I'm just a long-winded preacher. 
you know, you know, and then blame you. And y'all don't need to be worried about what time the chiefs is playing. You're here for God. No, I brought God with me. I'm here to get a lesson. Now you, you need to sit down somewhere because you're repeating yourself. You, you see? Oh, and all of you been there. All of you been there. Yeah, haven't you been there? And then you all been in this church and you thought that Pastor Fields was going on and he stopped in the middle of a message. You haven't I done it? And I said, no, the Holy Spirit done, I'm done. You see? They call it in the black church, if it's too short, a, a sermonette. If it's like 50, no, no, for real, y'all know I ain't lying. They'll call it a sermonette if it's like 15 minutes. I call it a sermon. I only had 15 minutes to say. Okay, you don't have to. All right. So again, we're not living in the flesh, but in the spirit. We're not living in the flesh, but in the spirit. And if you are joined to the spirit of the anointed one as Jesus Christ, you, and if you, what? If you're not, that's word not. Thank you. Go ahead. When I say thank you for those who have not been here, they're telling me 30 minutes because I never like to be over 40. All right? All right. Because yes. I'm not long-winded, but go ahead. <laughs> so verse 10 says, But for you who welcome meet him in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. Whose terms do you experience in life on? God's terms. Let me do it this way because some of you will laugh. Whose terms should you live your life on? Yeah. You know all that. Come on, I'm trying to save you. I just got through telling you, don't blast the Holy Spirit. (laughs) All right. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus bringing you alive to himself. You ought to be alive in Christ. Yes. It ain't no poor me. You ought to be alive in Christ. The same spirit that rose Jesus Christ up from the dead is supposed to be in you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So why are you afraid to put an application in for that job? Say, because I'm unqualified. Say it. God is. Where's he at? In you. Yeah, you unqualified. You ain't lying there. But he's qualified. Where's he at? He's in me. You see? Am I making sense to you? Yes. No insecure people in Christ's temple. No, we don't do that over here. How are you going to be insecure and you talk about the almighty and all-powerful spirit of God in you? Come on, people. You see, he can't tell you what job you need to take. Some of you, just go ahead and take a deep breath because you done tried it too many times on your own. He can't tell you who should be your husband, who should be your wife. You see, I'll say it. I came out of a church uh, with mostly women. I ain't talking about something. I came out of a church with mostly women, mm-hmm. you see, but they all had husbands. Mm-hmm. You getting my message? Yes. Mm-hmm. So God, I think our teacher told us, counselor told us, don't get unequally yoked. Yes. How many people have done that? 
How many folks, I want somebody to come to me, and I've said it before, and say, Pastor, I just love so-and-so spirit, and the Holy Spirit has spoke to me. This is my wife. This is my husband. And don't get upset because you didn't know. You didn't know. If you don't know, you couldn't. If you didn't know, you couldn't have done any better. But you got, all, you got grandkids, don't you? And children. And some of you haven't done it. You need to do what you, this is the second time this came up today. Don't get unequally yoked. Yeah. Okay. So verse 11 says, when God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. Yeah, what? you delivered from that dead life. You're alive. You see, I ain't talking praise and worship. It's easy. I'm talking about every day. You wake up, you ought to wake up alive. Somebody said, what's wrong with you? You ought to go to work tomorrow. What's wrong with you? Say, the spirit of God in me just got me fired up today. And I'm alive. I will never live a dead life ever again. I'm alive. You see? Talk about it. If you are alive and there's two of you in the household, then your relationship's alive. You see? And then your family is alive. You see? Some people don't come. I'm leaving because I'm not going to die because you did. Because I want the spirit of life in me. I want to be alive. You see, if some of you all would see me at the house, you'd say, is that our pastor? He acts like a little kid. I got a little puppy. We had put one down. I got a little one, two months old? Three months old. And he's just jumping all over, and I'm rolling him on the floor, me and him having a good time. We're just alive. And guess why I like him? He brings the little boy out in me. And you know, little boy's alive. Little kids are alive. You see? I'm not, sometimes, you know, I'm 76, but when I'm with that puppy, I move to seven. Are you with me? Somebody's getting what I'm talking about here. Somebody understands what I'm talking about here. Life is to be enjoyed. You can't be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and not enjoy your life. It's impossible. No deadbeat Christians in Christ Tipper North. You walk out of here, walk out of here with a smile on your face and be glad you're living today. You see? Folks say, what's wrong with you? Everything's right with me. You see? Y'all know I'm, I'm kind of a guy that likes to have fun in life. You know, uh, I was teaching one of the guys out there and said, hey, they're telling me, you know, about how I was dressed. You look good. I said, no, no, no. I, I had to do the, the prime time. Y'all know who is Deion Sanders? They interviewed prime time, Deion Sanders, and when they were interviewing him, uh, and the interviewer said to him, man, you was a good player. And he said, uh-uh, I was a great player. All right? So... When the brother told me I look good, I said, no, 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 no. I look great. Get the point. Get the point what I'm making here. What do you look like? Who makes you great? 
God, I tried. <laughs> wow. Keep going. You're having fun, but you're learning something, right? Because you're laughing at yourself. And the only, yeah, that, that's, you're laughing at yourself, but this would be, I want a life-changing message. Never again will you ever look down on yourself and live a deadbeat life. Put some life in your relationships. Put some life wherever you go. Bring life to it. You see? And some of you all know, look at my personality. Well, they waited for I got to the party because we're getting ready to get down up in here. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Come on here. We ought to be the same way as a Christian. People talk about there's bad vibes at work. Well, when you walk in, the bad vibes have to move because you bringing life in there. Period. All right. End of verse 11. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. Your body will be as alive as who? Christ. That's what we want over here. Yeah. We, we want it to be alive over here. No more head down, moaning and groaning over here. Period. You shouldn't have to speak it. They ought to be able to look at you. All right, I want to finish this up because we're going to do our welcome Holy Spirit. You know what I like when I do this, okay? So 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place? Now, your body is the sanctuary, a sacred place. That's right. And I use this scripture all the time. And we keep forgetting what our body is. It's a sanctuary. It's a, it's a sacred place. The place of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead. Don't you see that you can't live however you please? You can't live however you please. Because the Holy Spirit won't let you. You see? Y'all know what the word decrease is? I must decrease so the Holy Spirit can what? Increase. All right. Squandering what God paid such a high price for? Why are you messing with, over your body yourself? God paid a price. He gave his life for that. And you don't think any more of that than that? We try to be healthy over here physically. Well, you know, it don't matter. Yeah, it does matter. Because you know, we will make an excuse. Well, it ain't about the body. Yeah, it is about the body. Because the Holy Spirit lives in there. Okay. And verse 20 puts it this way. The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. Well. God owns the whole works. He owns the whole works. The body, the Bible said God owns the whole works. Yes. That's what bothers me sometimes in church. And don't y'all get all mad and don't want to come to church. You got to teach your young girls and young boys that when they come to church, there's a certain way they ought to look. That's just a fact. There's a certain way they ought to look. There's a certain way they ought to carry themselves. The Bible says don't get conformed with your culture. And I'm seeing there's too much of the outside culture coming into church. We got to tell to appreciate their bodies. Your body's not a tool. I'll say it. Tell your daughters, your daughter's not a tool for some dude to use. Tell your son, don't be no dude and be a tool. Use her as a tool. We need to get back to real. Christ living, Christian living. Amen. Amen. It's a shame that I have to wear, I wear this button. It's a domestic violent button. Mm -hmm. 
a shame that we have to wear purple. You know why it is? Because women need to respect their bodies, men need to respect their bodies, and then respect women's bodies, and women need to respect them. If we do this, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have all this abuse. Yeah, say, say, now you can't put your hands on me. Do you know who my daddy is? If you're a true Christian. Yeah. And most of us in here, especially uh, my group, the Ponders and I, and I see my sister Loretta back here, we grew up ignorant. Period. And we, went, we filled our way through life. Because nobody was telling us this. The folks was, was, was going, some of us sitting in church about to fall asleep, but nobody was telling us that we were important, that God gave his very son's life for us as an individual, and if the, the price that he paid was a price too big and too valuable for us to misuse it or to let somebody else misuse it. Nobody told us that. But it's inexcusable for you all in here because you've been told that. Amen? Amen. All right, am I done? Yeah, it just says, let people see God in and through your Let body. people see God in you. That's right. You see, you know, uh, my uh, granddaughter is having a tough time uh, finding someone to date. That's Olivia. Now, some of the older ones in here say, what? She's 22 now. Because <laughs> y'all remember when she was here. And she's just drop down gorgeous, right? But she wears that ring. You see, y'all know what that ring is, right? That you promised your father? Well, when a young man see that ring, he looking for somebody that ain't got nothing on their fingers. You see? But I told her, I told, and I thought about it, and I'll say this, and I won't back off of it. I said, I know a young man that I'm so proud of. I mean, he's lived the life like he's supposed to live it. So there's one, there's, no, there's more than one of him, and that's Trevor Nerritt, because he lives it right. Yes, he lives it right. And there's, there's an old song, my sister, until the real thing comes along, some people need to wait until the God thing comes along. All right, give God a hand clap. Now, I was waiting. I thought that, because while they're getting ready, Katrina would be the one that would ask me. So you let me down, Katrina. You ask me why. I thought you would be the one to ask me, well, Pastor, why don't we video counselor? 